electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, President Biden tests positive for COVID. Thanks for your concern and keep the faith. It's going to be okay. Dr. Scott Gottlieb on the prognosis for the president and for the rest of us. At this point, this is an endemic virus. We're not going to be able to extinguish this. Are we still in a pandemic? We're still in a pandemic with COVID, yes. Plus the doctor's opinion on America's first case of polio in 10 years. And the market's cautious optimism, a game changer for FedEx, and we're addressing the husband in the room, or Zoom. Oh, one of my sons said, Mom, this thing is like blowing up. It's, It's going viral. The Squawk Box clip seen round the internet, Carrie Firestone, her dog, her husband's boxers, and a great sense of humor. It's Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, kill three. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. The stocks yesterday rose for the third straight session. The Dow was up by a half of 1%, the S&P was up by 1%, and the NASDAQ gained 1.3%. And if you're keeping track for the week, that means that the NASDAQ is the big winner. So far, it's up by 5.3%, with the S&P up 3.5%, and the Dow up by 2.4%. All right, Friday, we'll see what happens with this. July's pretty good so far. It's one of the best months we've had. Got a Dow component for you. American Express just reporting its quarterly numbers, and they're strong numbers. Very strong numbers for the quarter, but they are also talking about uh, $410 million in provisions for credit losses that they're taking because of risks of a rising risks of a recession. So they're seeing very strong spending right now, Mm -hmm. very little delinquencies, but they kind of see what's coming in the future. And this is what we've heard from company after company, kind of gearing up, getting ready for what they anticipate is coming. That stock is still up by almost 4.2% right now, and that's a big deal because so, the what does that say about the What does that say about the market, though? So we have these two sort of interesting data points. Really, really strong Amex numbers right now. Today, mm-hmm. which is basically good for Amex, but maybe bad for the economy, right? Well, good for Amex. Things look really strong. I will say Amex is a conservative company, so they are also looking at the potential for credit uh, for losses coming down the road if people start getting right. delinquent. Right, and this is sort of, things. but I would say their commentary is in line with a, a sort of a Jamie Dimon in its sort of yeah. conservative category. Right. Then meantime, you had the earnings report from AT&T yesterday. Right. That stock getting hammered on that news, right. and that was also indicative, and I don't know if that was indicative of an AT&T-specific problem, actually, or more largely. I think a lot of people were actually taking away what was happening at AT&T as actually another sort of sign of, you know, we talk about what's going to happen this fall or not, right? Yeah, they are definitely seeing a couple of days delay, they said, in terms of when they're collecting on right. things. They say, and, and, and John Stanky told us here that usually in these situations, people will pay for their cell phone bills because it's more important than their cars or just about anything else they have, their cell phone. 
um, but they're seeing it, and, right. and, and they are seeing a slowdown on that front. And I think all of these pieces kind of add up to what we know is happening. You see the PMI numbers in Europe. You're probably going to get lousy numbers here. We know that there are rising risks of a recession. The Fed and other central banks continue to climb into this. Market's pricing it in, but it, it does add up to another piece of the puzzle in terms of the economic picture overall. FedEx suspending uh, Sunday residential delivery in certain U.S. markets starting August 15th. Uh, the service cutback for FedEx ground is targeted for areas with smaller populations. Packages will be re reallocated to Saturday and Monday deliveries in those markets. The decision comes as its independent contractors. It asks for more compensation and a reduction in package volumes. FedEx said nearly 80% of the U.S. population will continue to receive Sunday deliveries. I'm always surprised when I either see the post office or FedEx on when I see FedEx delivering the, hard. the neighbor's packages on a Sunday to, to our home, I'm, I'm always... The neighbor's uh, packages. Yeah. It's not you. Well, huh? It's not you? No, sometimes it is that they deliver plenty of our neighbor's packages to us, too. So then I got to go... You're all like the, a distribution center? Right. And then I got to walk all the way over there. It's like a half mile, you know? I'm sure. So. <laughs> I'm sure. Humble brag. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod. COVID once again in the White House, and polio again in the United States, unpacking the risks of our first case in a decade with Dr. Scott Gottlieb. I think what we should be worried about is declining polio vaccination rates in certain pockets of the country that can create the potential for clusters of illness if you get this infection into those communities. We'll be right back. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Let's talk about President Biden this morning because he has tested positive for COVID-19. Yesterday, in a statement, his press secretary said that the president, quote, is fully vaccinated and twice boosted and experiencing very mild symptoms. Mostly a runny nose and fatigue with an occasional dry cough, which started yesterday evening. Given that he meets USA Food and Drug Administration, FDA, emergency use authority, criteria for Paxovid, I have recommended initiating such treatment. 79-year-old president will isolate in the White House residence for at least five days where he plans to carry out all of his duties fully. He will remain in isolation until he tests negative. In a short video posted to Twitter, the president thanked people for, his concern, for their concern and said he is doing well and getting a lot of work done. I'm doing well, I'm getting a lot of work done, I'm going to continue to get it done. 
And, uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern and keep the faith. It's going to be okay. I thought you looked really good there, standing on the, the balcony with the, uh, you know, with the lawn behind him, and he had that great look. You know, the the, uh, the blue blazer and the open shirt. It's just, I think he looked like, you know, like he could. When I had COVID, the video would have been for me lying in bed. That's so, what I mean. Right. Yeah, I thought he he really looked, looked amazing. Which, two boosters, two vaccines, Paxlovid, uh, a weaker strain. I, I fully expect him to do to do great yep fully expect him to do great and hope hope for that joining us now for more on this and so many other topics dr scott gottlieb former fda commissioner and cbc contributor he also serves on the boards of pfizer and Illumina. we're going to talk about monkeypox and uh, the news about america's first polio case in roughly a decade as well uh, but doctor let's just talk about the prognosis for the president uh he's on plaxivid uh we understand i don't know if you believe that uh He's taking monoclonals, should be taking monoclonals. What do you think? Well, look, his, his prognosis is very good. Um, he's been recently boosted. He received his uh, second shot on March 30th. He's on Paxlovid, which is going to substantially reduce his risk of a bad COVID outcome. And he's notwithstanding his advanced age, he's otherwise in good health. I think that the, the risk of him progressing to more severe disease is single digits, probably around 1% or 2%. Um, and they're going to be vigilant. They have other options. They can dose him with the monoclonal antibodies if, in fact, he develops more severe symptoms as remdesivir. So he should be um, in good shape. I think that from the White House standpoint, you know, we need to remember that he was diagnosed very early in the course of his illness. Uh, this was a routine test that detected this, and then once they found the positive antigen test and confirmed it with PCR, then they elicited the symptoms, going back and asking him, do you have any symptoms? So it's possible that he's going to have more symptoms as the days go by. He might develop a fever. He might develop more URI-type symptoms. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. I think from a White House standpoint, they should be emphasizing that he's at substantially reduced risk given uh, the therapeutics and the vaccination, and not the fact that he doesn't have any symptoms yet. He may, in fact, develop some symptoms before he fully recovers. Um, Pfizer question, since you're on the board, and given that the president's taking Plaxivit and there's still uh, at least anecdotal evidence of, of rebound cases uh, all over the country. Do you think that the um, course of, of Plaxivid should be longer? There are doctors now that are prescribing effectively two doses or two courses of it at this point. Yeah, look, I know the FDA is looking at the question, and I'm going to leave it to the regulators to make a decision about that. I think that the, the studies that have come out, the population-wide studies, the real-world evidence that's looked at the question of rebound, haven't really affirmed the anecdotal reporting that we're seeing on Twitter um, and from physicians. It does seem to be consistent with what was observed in the clinical trials with a rate of uh, rebound or, or people having persistent symptoms after coming off the drug was quite low and consistent with placebo. But I'm going to leave it to the regulators to make a decision about what the appropriate course should be for the drug. The relative risk reduction, if you look at the phase two, phase three study, the EPIC study, the relative risk reduction for someone 65 years or older um, with Pax, mm. it was about 94%. So, you know, this and, and the hospitalization rate, the risk of right. hospitalization or death was around 1.1%. So this should have a treatment impact for the president. Doc, doctor, you've talked about the potential for a surge this summer. And then, of course, this issue of, of when we're going to get new vaccines uh, the BA, that, that are based off BA4 and the sort of race between those two, those two things. How do you think that race is going? Uh, do you think we're going to see those vaccines as early as September or October? And will it be in time? Well, I think that the, the, the BA4 vaccine, which CDC and FDA seem to have pivoted to, I think will be available at some point um, in 
September, and certainly by October you should have it available if everything goes well. Both companies, both Moderna and Pfizer, have said that they could have supply by then, and perhaps substantial supply enough to to meet uh, demand. With respect to the BA1 vaccine, as you remember, that both companies formulated BA1 bivalent vaccines based on the original Omicron strain. That could be available now. Um, both companies manufactured that at risk in advance. FDA and CDC have made a decision not to deploy that. I think the Europeans and the Canadians may make a different decision and start deploying that and then roll over into the B4 vaccine when it becomes available. And I also think that the accruing evidence that we've seen, even in recent days, suggests that um, prior infection with BA1 does confer not pretty robust protection against BA4 and BA5, not absolute for sure. But it does suggest that if you were vaccinated with a BA1 bivalent vaccine, that would confer better protection against B4 and B5 than the old ancestral strain. So to the extent that we're asking people right now who are at risk to go out and get a, another booster, I think we should consider whether or not we make that BA1 bivalent available now to people who are at risk so they can, can get the better protection from that vaccine. And then when the BA4 vaccine becomes available, roll that out. Um, there's enough of an interval of time between now and then that people could potentially get boosted with both. Doctor, there's, it's a semantic argument, obviously, and um, I, there's characteristics of both, I, I, I guess. But would you say at this point that uh, this is characteristic what today? Is it more uh, akin to a pandemic or is it now moved to where it's endemic? Because every time you, you talk about people, you say people at risk. Uh, is a can it be a pandemic if the vast majority of people are not at a high risk of an adverse event? Or, or what does it have more characteristics of right now, a pandemic or an endemic, which you, we've been wishing we'd get there for, for quite a while now? Well, look, this is an endemic virus, but an endemic virus can cause uh, pandemic. We have a we have a flu pandemic every year. So you know it meets the definition of being a pandemic. You have global spread of a pathogen, uncontrolled spread of a pathogen. But this is a, at this point, this is an endemic virus. We're not going to be able to extinguish this. Well, okay. Are we still now, in a pandemic? I, we're still in the pandemic with COVID. Yes, you're going to see. This is probably going to be a seasonal pandemic. Even if this settles into a seasonal pattern, it's going to meet the definition of being a pandemic. Even if it if if it's an endemic virus. I think the, the reality is most people now see the pandemic as a part of the fabric of modern life rather than some kind okay. of public health emergency. And some of that is simply widespread recalibration of risk. But I think most people aren't immunologically naive now, so they have protection. They feel less at risk. Um, doctor, we got to talk about polio. What do you make of this? What do you make of this news report? Well, look, in this case, the sequencing that was done by Wadsworth Center, that's the New York State Public Health Lab, and it was confirmed by CDC, it showed that it was a what we call poliosabin type 2 virus. So this is a vaccine-induced infection um, from the or oral polio vaccine, which isn't used here in the U.S. What's unclear is whether or not this individual, 20-year-old male, they haven't reported any more details, contracted that here in the U.S. or overseas. There was some reporting in the Washington Post that he had recently traveled to Hungary and Poland, which suggests he may have gotten it out of the country. But CDC has to have a theory of the case in terms of the sequence of when he traveled and when he became ill. And they haven't put that out. So it makes me a little suspicious whether or not he got that here or overseas. One thing worth noting is the oral polio vaccine isn't used widely around the world. The place where it's being used right now is in Ukraine because they are experiencing an outbreak of vaccine-derived polio virus. So they've been vaccinating children with the oral polio virus. It's possible that people who migrated out of Ukraine into Poland and Hungary 
um, brought some cases into those countries and perhaps this individual contractor there, because you're just not seeing a lot of this around the world right now. So it's unclear where he got it. The risk, of course, is that he might have contracted it here in the U.S. from a child who maybe traveled from overseas, and there could be other cases. And that's why you're seeing an effort in Rockland County to get more people vaccinated. Final point I'll make, this particular county uh, has had a low vaccination rate uh, historically in recent years. They, they had a very big outbreak of measles, and 312 kids were infected with measles between 2018 and 2019. So there is risk in this particular region of the country. And how much should we worry more broadly, though? I think what we should be worried about is declining polio vaccination rates in certain pockets of the country that can create the potential for clusters of illness if you get this infection into those communities. This is a highly, a highly contagious virus. I think from this single case, given the fact that it, you know, it occurred in June, there haven't been any more cases discovered. This probably isn't the leading edge of an outbreak, but it, it evidences the risk that we face as vaccination rates decline. Hey, Scott, most people are vaccinated for this, though, right? Most kids are, are protected. It's part of the normal vaccination uh, regime. Most kids in the United States receive IPV, the injected polio vaccine. Um, so most kids are protected. But the problem is that the kids who tend not to be vaccinated tend to be clustered in certain communities because you're seeing communities of people make decisions not to vaccinate their kids. And so vaccination rates end up being low in certain pockets of the country. And this is one of those communities. And that's perhaps why you saw the case here. Okay. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, we appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Coming up, a Squawk segment turned New York Post headline and meme? You've probably seen it. And CNBC contributor Carrie Firestone's husband at some point this week. And I was not going to turn my entire head around, at, at which point I would have said, David, you're in the shot. That Squawk Box cameo gone viral. Gosh, this is what happens when we work from home. Carries in her own words right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. I'm producer Katie Kramer. How many months into this pandemic are we now? Our lives and communication have changed so dramatically since the emergence of COVID-19. We are in the 28th month, by the way. So it's been a long time since one of those unexpected, more than you wanted to show, we're all just doing our best here, Zoom fails. You know what I mean something that hints at the life happening around remote work. Which is why when a live markets hit on our TV broadcast went surprisingly viral, we had to investigate further right here on the podcast. 
CNBC contributor Karen Firestone is a pro. She's the chairman and CEO of asset management firm Arius. She managed several sector funds over a 20-year career at Fidelity. I caught up with Carrie over Zoom while she was doing what a lot of people will be very familiar with, balancing work and family all in the same place. I'm going to tell these boys to go outside. I, just let me just tell them. Hey, guys, you cannot be near this row. <laughs> Sorry. These are my grandchildren, yeah. Carrie is a veteran of doing markets analysis wherever she is, especially throughout the pandemic, at the office, at home, on Cape Cod with her family. And her shot, by the way, is gorgeous, well-framed, evasive hydrangeas. She's on CNBC multiple times a week and has a special tablet set up just to be on TV. I'm very, um, I would say, technically capable of right. putting a podcaster anywhere and hooking it up. To, to the network remotely, and there's a camera, they see me, they tell me to move it left or right, up or down, and and, and it all works smoothly almost all the time. It started with the dog, and then Carrie Firestone's appearance turned viral. It was funny and incredibly relatable. And actually, let me play it for you here. Doing this right now to weigh in on the markets. Carrie Firestone is here. Can't hear it. I can't okay. hear it. Let me get the audio Although I have heard it. <laughs> you look at Citigroup on one side, you look at J.P. Morgan on the other, and you got to make a call. Which is it? Well, today, I think you, you, you root with the A upside. pretty normal segment, right? We're talking yeah. about the Fed. We're talking about markets. Right, exactly. So the short-term prognosis. We have so many different investors. About a minute in, mm-hmm. things get a little more interesting. Technical analysts and others just say, okay, summer, summer might be fine. We have two dogs. Mm-hmm. They're... They're um, Springer Spaniels. They're very active dogs. I had taken them out for at least a mile walk at 6 a.m. Sassy was in her crate. Perry was downstairs where she very often is lying on a sofa. And there was no problem when I hooked up to, to do the segment. And then all of a sudden she starts barking. And it was annoying, you know, it was. <laughs> Andrew makes a nice joke. I see we have dogs another of the guest death. that's joining us. Dogs of the day. We appreciate that. Uh, this is the dog days of summer. People yeah. You could hear it. I knew the audience could hear it. Andrew could hear it. I apologize. Yeah. Talk about it that way. We were I'm talking about sorry. this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. We, you know, we love this. It just adds to the sort of, you know, this is a live show. That's <laughs> and that's my one. husband, David, um, was in our bedroom, he had been out to go fishing at, you know, quarter of 5 a.m. So he had gone out, come back, and he was in bed. Except he didn't stay there. Uh, the dog seemed to think that the dog days- um... Right here. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> a gray-haired man wearing just a pair of blue boxer shorts enters the left side of the frame and heads immediately down a staircase right behind Carrie. It was over in seconds, but long enough to register exactly what happened. Just shows how my husband is a wonderful guy, and he heard the dogs, and he thought she's trying to talk. I can't sleep. I think she's talking to CNBC right now, and I'm going to just get Perry to stop barking. He ran out, went downstairs to get her to stop barking, and went right through uh, the view of the camera. There's a moment where you sort of smile as though, oh my God, what is happening right now? Well, I heard the footsteps. I knew he had come out of the room. So something was going on, and I was not going to turn my entire head around, at at which point I would have said, 
David, you're in the shot. This rally continues, and we, Paris, we control it well. And, um, <laughs> what's the name of your dog? <laughs> Perry. Perry, we want to thank Perry. Perry. Well, like a pro, Gary, you finished the segment, right? <laughs> Got all the way through. Got it With- done. Perfect. Sorry it. about that. No, send her our Perfect. best. Dogs of the death. This yeah. went a little viral. When did you yeah. realize that? I began to get text messages right away. And sure. they all said more or less the same thing. Hey, nice job. You handled it like a pro. It was seamless. You didn't get flustered. It was all complimentary without, in fact, saying David was walking behind you in his boxer shorts. And then I got a call from CNBC saying, uh, you know, by the way, there was a little hiccup this morning, you know, with the video. And I heard the word video, not audio. Oh, one of my sons said, Mom, this thing is like blowing up. It's it's going viral. you got to see this. Now, I like to think Squawk Box is newsworthy every day, but the amount of coverage that this moment got dwarfed our regular media profile. This was talked and tweeted about a lot. Most of the headlines start with the blue boxers, naturally. Key phrases like man in underwear or video bombs certainly tell the story. Here's my favorite. Man in blue boxer shorts makes brief appearance on CNBC's Squawk Box. Now, Carrie's husband actually was playing in a golf tournament and didn't know just how much attention this unexpected live TV moment had gotten until hours later. And he didn't look at his phone. Left his phone in his car or in his golf bag, whatever. But people were amused. It was more amusing or relatable or, gosh, this is what happens when you work from home. You started your career working with the legendary fund manager, Peter Lynch, at at Fidelity. Is this the most notice you've gotten for something in these last couple of days? Well, it's certainly the most social media, but I'm amazed. I'm just amazed at how many people have have been interested in it. I mean, seriously, it's not the greatest thing. Um, Even though your friends are writing things like, hey, you know, David looks like he's in good shape. And I said, you know, we can just joke about it. It's not anything that's going to be, you know, determining the course of events in our life. We'll just joke about it at birthdays and anniversaries. A sign of the times of life in the 2020s, and and you just have to laugh. Exactly. I posted a um, a picture, I I tweeted it, of Perry wearing a pair of boxer shorts. (laughs) And it says, um, uh, Perry's new line of loungewear, Boxers by Springers. Well, Carrie, thank you so much. Thank you for laughing about it on the Squawk Box staff. We all just... Uh, you know, it made our day there, but for the grace of God, go I. I think I know. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, I will say that CNBC has been uh, very, very nice and understanding. You know, we can sort of have some levity and, and move on. So I appreciate that. Appreciate your talking to me, Katie. There you have it. What it's like to survive going viral. Thanks to Carrie Firestone and her entire family for their grace and good humor. We are honored that we'll be a part of Firestone family lore for many years to come. To see a picture of Perry, the beautiful Springer Spaniel, check out Carrie's Twitter feed. Her handle is Karen underscore Firestone. 
And thanks for listening today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. On TV, tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Or check out this podcast anytime. Squawk Pod is available for free download wherever you listen to podcasts. We will meet you right back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.